<laughs> let's get into what the Lord uh, has for us today. Uh, y'all just created a wonderful atmosphere. Uh, but uh, we talked about uh, last week, we opened up with a neglected uh, righteousness. And, you know, and we talked about how righteousness is a, a loyalty to innocence or truth or honesty and mercy. And neglect, neglect is a abandonment or, or without consideration. It's almost like I'm not considering uh, loyalty to innocence or truth or honesty or mercy or, or to live right uh, in, in right standing with God. And not necessarily because I'm trying to operate in a level of uh, evilness or anything like that. It's just uh, righteousness is very, can be very challenging or stretching. Um, or you can almost be tempted sometimes to be thinking about how you've been in the past. You know, we're always, you know, a lot of times we're tempted, you know, every time, if you think about this, if, if, if you've been undisciplined, uh, let's say an exercise and somebody says, okay, well, uh, I'm going to challenge you to exercise and this will be the reward. Our temptation to be like, well, hold on, hold on now, now, now. I'm not saying I'm really going to oh, do this. You know, I'm going to attempt to do it. Like you give yourself an out, right? Because you're saying I haven't been able to uh, stay away from the Oreo cookies or, you know, or, you know, or, or I can't stay away from that, you know, that Dr. Pepper or whatever, whatever it is. Well, it's the same thing when, when you start to cross over to the kingdom of God and you start and you realize the, the reality of the responsibility, the accountability, and, and what it really takes to get all the things of God. The first thought in your mind is, well, I haven't really been able to, to do right, like, on my own. So, so, hey, leave me alone and just allow me to give me some time. But the re reality is what we don't realize when it comes to righteousness, as soon as we recognize this, we're already late. <laughs> we're already behind. And so sometimes it could, you're, you're, the, the, what, you, what you came to the altar for can get neglected, right? And so we talked about, you know, God talking about favoring his righteous cause and being righteous first. But let's, let's, let's hit a few scriptures here in this wonderful atmosphere of the spirit. And we were praying something driving in. So I'm believing what we prayed about, what God gave us an unction for, will take place. Um, because he's trying to infuse uh, something in us. The Bible says the entrance of the word bringeth light, gives understanding to the simple. When that word comes in, it, it clears things up. Because, you, you, you know, you ever, you're making moves, but you're trying to figure out what's the best move to make. You know, and it can get overwhelming because you got all these possibilities and you don't want to deal with the same craziness as in the past. And you would love to know. Like we all would all love to know. And so when that word comes in, it brings light and it actually helps you to know. Because sometimes we write off our own momentum, our own uh, emotions, our experiences. We, we, we write off of everything, our past, our pains, right? Right? I don't want that to happen to me. You know, people have said this about me. But when that word comes in, it helps you to see why you're here. It helps you to see where you're going. It helps you to see the solutions and the answers that are, that's beyond the scope of your habits, your momentum, beyond the scope of your experiences and your pains. It's exactly what you're supposed to do in the right time and in the right season. Right? So, so 
So God's trying to set us up for things. So let's, let's look here. Let's look here at this word that's going to clear some things up for us. Romans 1, 17. Boy, y'all done. It's a little cloudy up here. I can barely read this. I got my glasses today. I didn't forget my glasses. I can barely read what I'm supposed to say. All right, okay, so Romans 1, uh, 17. Well, I'm going to read 16 because I like the Scripture. It says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God, the power of God, the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Verse 17, it says, for therein is the righteousness of God. It says, therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. Right? As it is written, the just shall live live by faith. Right? Right? The just shall live by faith. So so if I'm going to attach myself to what I've been afforded, um, and to live this righteous life, uh, you know, because uh, I'm seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things are going to be added unto me. It's a, it's, a, it's a faith. It's a living faith position in place, I can't. Like we attach ourselves to these things by faith. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5. Yeah, 2 Corinthians 5. For me, the scripture of any man being Christ, he's a new creature, right? Amen. Right? Yeah. Old things are passed away, what? Behold, all things are become new. Amen. Now, interesting, uh, 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 someone I really uh, have learned a lot from and really admired, and the presence of God would always show up when this person ministered, but uh, Kenneth Hagin Sr., uh, he made a statement. He says, God wouldn't make an unrighteous new creature. So, so think about it. Like, so I was the old creature. We talked about this this morning. It's amazing. Um, so, so I was the old creature, right? And I came to the altar to be born again. Uh, they call it the new birth, right? And so, so once I, then I received the indwelling of the Holy Spirit inside of me. The Holy Spirit came in to regenerate or make new that old spirit of mine, right? It's an indwelling, so the spirit is dwelling in me. Then uh, if I I elevate myself or accept the submergence or the baptism of the spirit, Scripture says you have to be born of water and of the spirit to enter into the kingdom of God, this righteous place. So now that what's infilling in me comes in up on me, saturates me, and, 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 and I start to walk in power. And, 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 and gifts, like, I operate a little different, right? And so, if any man be in Christ, submerged inside Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. But if I get to this altar and I give my life to Christ, and then I still go back and live the life I used to live, I'm not submerging myself in Christ so I, I don't position myself to become a new creature, to live this righteous life. See, see, remember in the garden, they were in, in the presence of God. They wanted for nothing. They were, they were fine. It's 
on the other side of them leaving the presence of God is when the craziness and the sin and the option of evil took place. Evil wasn't an option before they ate of that tree. Remember the knowledge of good and evil. Evil wasn't an option. It wasn't even considered. You know what was neglected back then? Evil. Evil, the message would have been neglected evil. So evil wasn't even a consideration. It wasn't a choice. Nobody had to reason. That's where reason came from. You know, like when you know you need to do right, but you choose to do wrong, it wasn't a choice. It really was all good. From Genesis 1 before you get to Genesis 2, it was all good. Everything he created, he said, and it was good. After they ate of the tree, you started to see corruption. You started to see deception and evil, manipulation, lust. Those things weren't considered. And so he set up this this, uh, plan, this reroute, to get us back on the right path of righteousness for us to accept Jesus' payment for this corruption, this death, this compromise, these lusts, right? And then when we accept that by faith, it's not enough that we accept, we have to absorb. The scripture says, if my words, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Some of this stuff is not even on. I know the people online ain't going to get these scriptures, right? So, so, so what does that mean? And I did this example one time. Well, you know you could be inside the pool, but the pool's not inside you. I'm not trying to be gross, but you understand, like you, you can jump inside a pool. You're inside the pool, but the pool's not inside of you. Well, that scripture says, if you abide in me, so you jump in the pool, the pool of Christ, and my words abide in you, you drink, and, and you get submerged with what you're, what, what you're inside of now becomes inside of you, right? It says, you can ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Why? Because now I'm speaking from a right standing place, a righteous place. I'm speaking faith-filled words. See, because I'm filled up with the same thing that I'm, I'm, I've, I've placed myself in. You see what I'm saying? So now I'm not just at the altar with a badge I'm born again. You see me? I'm not just at the altar with a badge. I don't have to act, I don't have to say I'm born again. You see it because it's oozing out of every aspect of my life. You see what I'm saying? Like you call me righteous. I don't have to claim righteousness. You you ever been around somebody and they go, wait a minute, you a man of God, ain't you? Well, you never said, hey, I'm a man of God. <laughs> I'm a man of God. Yeah, everywhere you go, you got like your shirt or you're walking around with your collar. I'm a man of God. <laughs> you don't have to do that. People reckon, hold on, something different about you. Yeah. Why? Because now what you've stepped into, you're filled up with. Amen. The scripture says in Ephesians 3.19, be filled with all the fullness of God. Right? See, are we full of God? So when we squeeze, does righteousness come out? Or does unrighteousness come out? Now, that's not judging nobody. That's the word we use in this. That's not passing sentence. But what's coming out is what's in. 
And it, it ain't, it's not rocket science. If you put gasoline inside of a toothpaste tube and you squeeze it and you go, I don't understand why toothpaste ain't coming on this, this toothbrush. What's on the inside of the tube? Gasoline. gasoline. So it's the same thing. What you, what you put in you, what you fill yourself up with when you're squeezed by the circumstances, when you're tempted by the lust, right? When you're challenged with the finances, what's coming out? Faith-filled words, right? Right, so, so, so again, going back to what Kenneth Hagin said, God wouldn't make a new creature unrighteous. So the only way we can become unrighteous is if we start taking back in the old nature. If we start to conform to the world. Because if I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, now I'm starting the righteous life. So now I have to absorb what the, the righteous diet, right? I have to take on a righteous diet now because I'm, I have, a, I have, I have a, a, a new type of nourishment. You know, like that baby for a while in your womb, they get everything they need. Yeah. But you can't feed the child what they were getting in the womb when they come out. There's a whole other nourishment, right? Like they're, they're good with whatever's inside of you, whatever they're connected to by the umbilical cord, and they're submerged in that water of nourishment. But the scriptures, that's the scripture says, John chapter 3, born of water. But it says you have to be born of the spirit to enter in the kingdom of God. Why? Because if I step into the kingdom of God, I'm going to need the sustaining nourishment for me to stay in the presence of God. That's a different nourishment than you get in the world. You're going to need this nourishment to sustain yourself. You ever see uh, uh, the uh, astronauts, they go into an atmosphere and they have a suit. And they, they, they have a suit and they have a, uh, a helmet. You, you stay here. You do not move. They know what they're doing back there. All right. All right. So they have, a, they have a helmet and they got, you know, they got something where they're breathing. What can sustain them, Right. In another atmosphere. But they're getting the nourishment they need to, 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 to handle that atmosphere. So when we come into the presence of God, we come into a life of righteousness, like we're hooked up to the helmet of salvation, Amen. right? And we're plugged up to our oxygen called the Word. And as long as we keep it to our mouths, as long as we're eating it and consuming it, we can navigate in this space. <laughs> <laughs> right? You understand what I'm saying? That's good. That's good. Right? So, 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 so it's a setup. Right? And, and, and what happens is the reason why uh, Kenneth Hagin made the statement is because you're a new creature. So take on a new diet. But we're still trying to operate on the old diet in a new life. The scripture says you can't put uh, new wine in old wine skin. As we were talking about that this morning too, right? <laughs> right? You, you can't. Because, again, uh, back then they used to take the, the juice that they call wine. They call it wine because when you squeeze the fruit, it whines. It cries. That's where it came from, okay? Yeah, right? And, and so it was you had, you had just your regular juice and then you had your fermented juice, Right? Then you have what y'all, what y'all do now. I say, y'all, that's not nice. I take that back. The people that drink 
stuff they put alcohol in. That's totally different from what was going on back then. But anyway, I just slipped that in there. But so, so what they would do is when they would put it in these bags, these, these bags, it would, it would ferment and the gases would expand the bag. So you empty the bottle, but then they would pour new wine in an old bottle, right? And the gases would expand it and it would burst and break. So that's why you can't, like, new wine represents the presence of God. See, it's, see, it's a new diet. So when I was, like, uh, going through funky stuff and, uh, when I was in the world, I went and grabbed some alcohol. That's, that's what I thought was what I was supposed to do. You, you know, like, it's a bad day, man. I got to have me a drink. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that was my default. And, it was, and I felt justified because I'm going through something, right? And I'd want to numb it. It ain't going away. I'm just going to numb it, and then when I come up out my stupor, it'll be waiting there for me with some other friends. You know, wait there later, and it's even greater. When I came into the kingdom, I changed my diet. I started drinking the new wine of the Holy Spirit. So when something's funky, I drink of the Spirit now. I drink of the Word now. I drink of the presence of God now. And the interesting thing is, it attacks what's trying to attack me. And no matter what, whether I'm in a stupor or not, it's taken care of. It's not something that's going to just, when I come up out of my, my blindness, it'll be there waiting for me, right? A new diet because I'm in, I'm a new creature, right? Because think about it. We was already unrighteous as the old creature. So why would you come into the kingdom to be unrighteous in the kingdom? You could have stayed in the world. We're coming to God for new. Not old, right? Right? I'm just see. I was seeing how many people was gonna say right. That's why I repeated it. Right? See how many people? You gotta you gotta figure out how to attach your faith when something is happening in the atmosphere. All right. So, Second uh, Corinthians five, we read seventeen. But verse we didn't read seventeen. I quoted it, didn't I? All right. Same difference, right? Verse twenty one. It says, "For he has made him to be." sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be the righteousness of God in him. The end of that scripture says in him, not the righteousness of God on our own, in Christ. See, didn't we read this the other day, John 15, 5? Apart from him, we can do nothing, right? So as long as I stay in Christ, I'm in a position of right standing and righteousness. Uh, uh, Psalm 112.9 says, he has dispersed, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. And so you, you operate different when you're operating in right standing. Let's go to Romans 2, 1 through 4. Work with me here. So we're talking about neglected righteousness. Sometimes it's just like, and, and, and sometimes it's neglected because like I said, we're, we, we're, uh, uh, disobedient, but sometimes it's just not considered. You know, it's just not considered. You know, because sometimes we come into the kingdom with our uh, own righteousness. You know, we've established our own righteousness. Pastor Mel does an evangelism class um, playing off of the book uh, Hell's Kept Secret by Ray Comfort. Hell's Best Kept Secret. Thank you for clarifying that, man. Uh, Hell's Best Kept Secret by Ray Comfort. 
And so one of the things that really stood out for me in that class uh, when she said, uh, she says, a lot of times we're saying, you know, I know God loves me, this, that, and the other. She says, she says, a lot of times we establish our own God. Not the God, but we establish our own God. So when we say, you know, God wouldn't mind or, or God's still working on me or, or uh, my God is not bothered by this. Okay, which God is that? Is that the God? Because the God clearly states the things that he does not like, he does not approve of, and that is, is cheating us from being in his presence, cheating us from benefiting or him even benefiting from the reason he gave his son for us. He gave his son to bring us back into fellowship with him. He didn't gave, give his son for us to spend time with the world. Like he paid a price to, so we can be back to the garden. You know what I'm saying? Back to that re- Adam and Eve relationship before sin. All right, so Romans uh, 2, I told you 2, uh, 1 through 4, and I'm going to read this out of the Amplified just for the sake of time. Uh, the Amplified, the 1965 version. I just slipped that in there. Just... <laughs> All right, it says, it says, therefore you have no excuse or defense or justification, O man, Whoever you are who judges and condemns another. It says, for imposing, key word, posing as a judge and passing sentence. Remember I told you judgment is passing sentence. Passing sentence on another, you condemn yourself. Because you who judge are habitually practicing the very same things that you censor or denounce. Right? Verse 2. It says, but we know that the judgment adverse verdict or sentence of God falls justly. So there's still judgment for God falls justly and in accordance with truth upon those who practice such things. So, so even when people receive the judgment of God, it's in line with truth. It's not personal. You know, it's you can do this, this happens. You do that, that happens. When you do this and it happens and it's negative, you're not mad because you're going, well, that was the choice I made. I chose something that was going to render the consequences that I didn't want. So I have the opportunity at that point to repent or excuse it and continue in the compromise that's causing my demise. Or I can go, hey, I know I won't be doing that anyway. And I can operate in the scripture. First John 1 John 1.9, it says, if you confess your sin, God is faithful to forgive you of the sin and cleanse you of the unrighteousness. But the, the confession is I agree with Man, God, I, I, I don't know what I was thinking. Or I had a weak moment. Or whatever the case may be. But I'm not going to excuse it and continue in it. Okay? Verse 3. It says, And do you think or imagine, O oh man, when you judge and condemn those who practice such things and yet do them yourself, that you will escape God's judgment and elude his sentence and adverse verdict? It says, or are you so blind as to trifle with and presume upon and despise and underestimate the wealth of his kindness and forbearance and long-suffering patience? So it says, are, are we taking for granted God's love, right? It says, are you unmindful or actually ignorant of the fact that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repent, to change your mind? and inner man to accept God's will. So look at this. 
Yes, God operates in kindness, but his kindness is to lead us to repent, to change, not to soothe us in the disobedience or compromise. So if we're, if we're operating in God, if we're submerged in Christ, and we're operating in righteousness, if we're operating in kindness, the next, how we know it's impacting somebody has led them to repentance, to change. You know, repentance is change, right? Right? But is our kindness making it comfortable for people to stay in the compromise and build a mountain or get stuck in it longer? That's That's not God's kindness. For those watching, Ms. Mar- Ms. Mar- said, God help us. All right, let's look at verse, verse uh, 6. 6 to 8. Uh, this might be the Amplified too. I already got it. So uh, <laughs> uh, It says, he will, re- he will render to each one according to his works. It says, to those who by patience in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. He said, but for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. See, it's not just what you claim, it's what you obey. It's not just what you claim, it's what you obey. And see, so so again, it's not, I'm, I'm, I'm helping you out here. It's not necessarily punishment. Why would God, wrath, why would God do that? God's not doing anything. Wrath is already over here on this line, right? The glory and honor and the favor is on this line. I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. He says, choose life. He even gave us a hint. So when we make the choice in the line of wrath, why is God getting a blame? Like if you didn't pay your bills, right, and they repoed your car, why are you mad at the guy that's repoing it? <laughs> and the company that sent them the repo. Who didn't pay the bill? So you really should be like, man, I, I know I should have paid that bill. Or I, I could have been more disciplined. I didn't have to go on that vacation that I couldn't afford on credit. Right? You know, I could have just, you know, uh, seek you first the kingdom of God. It could be pay my bill first. Right? You understand what I'm saying, Right? Right? I, and I'm, that's, I'm not putting no one down. I ain't saying no names. I'm saying we're not honest with ourselves sometimes. Right. We're blank. Okay, so, so I got played in, in a couple of situations. Uh, I don't want to be too specific because I don't want nobody to feel bad. But no, I'm not mad because I chose. And God probably was telling me when, the, hey, I think it's time for you to shift. But I was like, nah, nah, I've been, I've not been, do- I've been doing this too long, so I'm just gonna hang in. <laughs> you know, you know how you commit. You ever been in a bad relationship? Huh? You put it on the time. Yeah, you know, cause you and, and you say, man, but I invested all this time, so you're like, man, I can't, you know, even though it's hurting me, it's crushing me. Well, it's hard. He's like, but I invested this time, and I don't want to invest this time, and they may wake up, you know, and somebody's going to get the benefit of all the time I invested, right? You know, but in all honesty, 
It's not about the time. It's not about the person. It's not about they got it honestly. It's about your obedience to God. What is God saying? So I was in that situation and God said, hey, it's time to to go. And and I'm thinking to myself, but man, if I do this, I'm going to take some losses here. He's like, yeah, you're going to have to cut your losses. I'm like, but, 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 <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> like, then, then, then I, then I play myself if I do that. Exactly. He was like, exactly. But on the other side of you being obedient to what I told you to do, I, I will, I have it all worked out for good. Right? So I didn't flip. I didn't trip. I didn't say I'm going to pay anybody back because that doesn't hurt them. Now that crushes me. Right? I just said, okay, I'll leave that to God. I'm going to be obedient. All right. So, so, so work with me here. So it's not what you claim, it's what you obey. So Romans 6. And it's so interesting how Romans 6 people are using, okay. I say this right because I'm not trying to. Some people have used it to justify compromising or or almost like you don't have to live righteous because, you know, we're not necessarily under the law anymore, right? But let's, let's read Romans 6 for ourselves, right? And uh, I'm going to start here. That's ah, a lot here. Well, I know on, online they're going to have Romans 6, 6, and 12 through 19. But I'm going to start here at verse 1. It says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? You know, is, you know, he was talking about grace and how we're not under the law, we're under grace. So he says, so, this, so that means we could just continue in sin and grace just covers it. He says, God forbid. <laughs> he said, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein. How shall we live in sin when we're living a new life? That was the appetite of the old life, right? We're a new creature. So our new life is, a, is, the, is a righteous life. Like we don't feed off of that sin nature no more. Let's go down here to verse 6. It says, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, Christ, again with Christ, Right? And that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Amen. Right? Yeah. Anymore, right? So, so if I'm serving sin, I'm, I'm, I'm obeying sin. Right? Amen. So I said, it, once again, it's not just what you claim, it's, it's what you obey. Yeah. So I could claim Christ, but be obeying sin. <laughs> Something's wrong with that, right? But wanting the benefits of Christ, but I'm getting the, the results of sin. And I don't understand because I, I came to the altar, right? It should be all good, right? I, I came to the man, you know, how, you know what it took for me to get out my seat? Weeks and weeks was going by, and the guy kept saying, if anybody wants to join the church or anybody wants to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and I would be sitting there like, trying to get up, but something was holding me down. Like, it felt like I was embalmed in some rat. Like, you know, every time he said the altar call, 
On the inside, I was like, help me. Help me. Because I couldn't move, man. Like, like, but I was bound in that sin that I was serving. And finally, I, I, you know, I just kept getting the word. I broke out and I went down that aisle. I felt so free. And I accepted Jesus and I went through the confession. And as far as I'm concerned, I wiped the sweat off my forehead. I'm like, yes, I'm in. And then the next day, no, no that's not true. The same day, <laughs> I went and got me a 24-ounce can of Slits Malt Liquor Bull. But I didn't, I figured, hey, you know, I'm just going to do it moderately now. I won't drink cases or fifths. You know, I'll just, you know, a little can. I heard somebody say, as long as I do it moderately. I didn't research to find out who said it because it was justifying my position. I still haven't found that in the Bible. I done read it inside now. It ain't in there. <laughs> right? I haven't found it. But I, but I would use it. You know how you do. You're like, well, I ain't going to ask no questions about it. This works for me. Right? And so now I'm wondering, why am I not getting blessed? I accepted Jesus. They said all I do is accept Jesus, right? That's it, right? I don't have to do nothing else. And I just keep going on. Jesus, Jesus, that's all I got to do, right? And when I talk to people, I, mean, I accept Jesus, man, I'm a Christian now. I, that, that's it. I didn't know I had to shift what I was consuming. I had to shift what I was serving. Because I accepted Jesus, but I was still serving the old life. Right? I, so so uh, let's go down here to verse 12. It says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. Then they just saying he reigns. <laughs> right? It says that, that ye should obey it, obey sin, look, and the lust thereof. Right? It says, verse 13, it says, neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. But yield yourselves unto God, he reigns, as those that are alive from the dead and your members instruments of righteousness unto God. So soon as I accept Jesus, I'm shifting what I yield my members to. It's a shift, right? Amen. I just got an amen from this brother over here sitting up front. <laughs> All right, look, 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 14. It says, for sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace, right? So that's what people read the whole under grace part, right? We'll look at verse 15. He says, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? Look, right here. I didn't, I didn't write this. God forbid is what Paul's response was. And then he broke it down. He says, know ye not that to, to whom ye yield yourselves servants, to obey, his servant ye are to whom ye obey, whether sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. Amen. It says, but thank, but God be thanked that ye were servants to sin, but ye, have but, you, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of the flesh. For as ye have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity, and 
unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. So it's saying change who you serve. If you want to reap the results of this righteous life, serve it. See, because what you, what you, what you uh, submit to or what you press into, you have the right to draw from. But you can't be drawn from the righteous life, but you're serving the unrighteous life. Right? God's not mocked. Whatsoever man sows, that, that he shall reap. Right? Does that make sense? So grace was applied to sin's penalty. That is true. Our obedience to serve righteousness delivers the payment to us. You see what I'm saying? So grace, you're right. Grace is existing. So because there was a payment for sin. So grace was sent in replace of that through the atonement, right? But when we're obedient, we attach ourselves and and, and it delivers that payment to us. Because now we're serving righteousness. Right? Right. So we're not, you know, see, see the scripture says, uh, this is Romans 2. Um, well, I'll just read it and amplify. It says, uh, it says, God's no respected person. It says, uh, it says, and there will be tribulation and anguish and calamity and constraint for every soul of man who habitually does evil. It didn't say for everybody that slips, but you know, if we got to be honest with ourselves, are we slipping in the sin or leaping in the sin? Wow. <laughs> Pastor Mel said diving. So, so what I mean by that is like, like I'm, try, I'm, I'm living my life to serve righteousness at every, every fiber of my being. And I slip and maybe do something unrighteous. But, but if, you, if you was uh, climbing up a hill, you're climbing up a hill, um, and you slipped. You letting go? You just slipped now. You're going to try to regain your grip and pick back up your momentum going up the hill. Right? Some of us don't do that. We slip, and we just let go. <laughs> My wife said, wee. <laughs> see, see, it's a difference. And then we, we, we claim, I slipped. No, 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 no. And then it's like, okay, you got the person that's trying to climb and it's slipping. But what about the person that's just, just kind of just jumping out off the mountain, you know, like holding on to like one hand? No, no, that person ain't slipping. They're setting themselves up to fall. You see what I'm saying? So, so I, just, I just want us to... This is not, listen, this is not, definitely it's not a condemning message. We don't do that here. But this is kind of like, can we kind of awaken because God's making moves and it's for all of us. But, but if we're not honest with ourselves, like, okay, so there's people that really have crushed me, right? So can I, when it's, when it's, when it's time for me to serve righteousness, can I pull out, oh, no, no, I've been crushed. No, 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 I don't have to. I don't have to serve righteousness. I've been through stuff. No, no, it's right here. No, no, they said I don't have to do nothing because <laughs> I, I, I got spiritual workers comp. <laughs> you know, you know I, I'm on spiritual disability. No, I don't really have to do nothing. Because I've been, hey, come on, man. Look, look. So every, t- every time, 
every time righteousness is saying, hey, I got something for you, but you got to serve. Ho, 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 ho. No, no, I don't have to serve. I don't have to serve righteousness. I can stay serving unrighteousness because I, I've been through some pain. Is that how it works? Actually, if you've gone through something, it should be more incentive to serve righteousness. I got to bless myself up out of this mess. Not, I got to depress myself up out of this mess. That's never worked. Never. That's not me. Listen, I know I'm a pastor. I tried it. So I'm the guinea pig. Jesus got on the cross. I got on the cross. Uh, Being vindictive don't work. I'm just helping you out ahead of time. It just add more pain. Um, uh, payback don't work. Self-loathing don't work. Uh, getting smoked out drunk or feeling justified because it happened to you and doing the same thing, it doesn't work. I'll just let you know ahead of time. Now, now you still have the choice to go find out for yourself. But as I told my son, my, I told my son, I said, son, you ain't got to go through all this. I went through this. Well, dad, you went through my stuff. Let me go through mine. I said, son, go through yours. Right now, you're going through mine. When I'm telling you, don't go through my stuff. Don't go through the dumb stuff I did. Amen. Go through your own dumb stuff. Well, that's not, probably not good either. I don't know. I don't want you to go through dumb stuff either. So maybe that's not. Y'all know what I meant, right? <laughs> Somebody going to pull that out as a soundbite, Jamal. Well, local pastor said, go through your own dumb stuff, and it's okay. It's not what I meant, y'all. Come on. Come on. All right. All right so, so, so let me read this. Uh, uh, there's tribulation, anguish, calamity, constraint for every soul of man who habitually does evil. Now, the Scripture says to the Jew, and, you know, again, uh, when they converted the language is in Hebrew is uh, Yehudi, and that's uh, those that were of the kingdom of Judah or worshipers. It says, it says, but that person, the people that are claiming, let's say you're claiming to be the Hebrew, the Jew, whatever, that just means you're more accountable. That's all that means. It says, so those people are, are judged by God first. That's the only benefit you got. You're just going to be judged first. Or like we were talking about, like I knew Ray for 25 years, so there's different expectations first. I thought I slipped that in there, right? You see what I'm saying? So, so I know that young man since he was 16 in high school. All right, so, so of course, I'm like, really? Like, matter of fact, thinking about it, it's a guy back there behind you, uh, Jamel. Yeah, shiny, shiny ball head dude. Right? Like, so, so I've known you since 16. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's a lot of years, man. So I ain't tripping if, 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 if I'm expecting some things because you've been exposed to some things. So that's why God said to the, like, like I'm looking at those that were close to me first. Not that, that somebody that's Hebrew or Jewish it's better than anybody. They only get to be judged first, <laughs> right? According to what the scripture says. But it says he's, he's no respecter of person. Those that are close, those that are the last, those in the middle, those are behind. Everybody has the, the choice to serve righteousness or unrighteousness, okay? 
uh, uh, verse 10, it says, but glory, it says, but glory and honor and heart, peace shall be awarded to everyone who habitually does good. But guess what? The same, same thing. Those that are close will, will, will be judged first there too. So look, if I'm serving righteousness and I'm closer to God and I've been around God's longer, I'm judged first, so, so I get first blessed. But if I'm compromising, I get first cursed. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So, so you understand what I'm saying? So, but everybody gets, everybody gets the opportunity to receive the blessing, the reward for serving righteousness, and receive the reward for serving unrighteousness based on choice. And we can't keep bringing our, our little, yeah, but I cleaned the church last week. That, ain't, that has nothing to do with it. It's what are you serving? You see, righteousness is unrighteous. And mostly that's when nobody's watching you. What are you serving when nobody's watching? Because that's, that's a gauge of where our heart is, right? Because we can all have form when we're at church, right? Hallelujah! <laughs> right? I'm, I'm just thinking through. Just, 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 just to, again, we always say this. It's targets. It's, to, it's for you to set a target. All right, do this. Do this. I'm going to put them all together. It's a target. Take the next best step from here. I'm going to take a step to serve righteousness today. From wherever I'm at. I might not be walking on water today, but I am going to take a step to serve righteousness. Or I'm going to go home and go, well, you don't understand. You know. Well, you know, it takes time. It's been taking time. So whether you say that or not, it's already been taking time. God, God's still working on me. Is God still working on you? Because the, the scripture says it is finished. Or are you working to yield to what God has, has been trying to place at the calling? He's been calling you to righteousness and you're working to yield. But don't blame it on God because if I say God's still working on me, it's like, man, I'm, hey, I'm doing the best I can. God just ain't fixed me yet. So now it's all, it's God's responsibility. He has to make the choice. But then you're going to flip it. You forced me to do this. I didn't want to do it anyway, God. You, you made me do this. I ain't nobody asked to do Like when you start going through the challenges, well, I ain't asked to do this anyway. You made me do it. So God is a lose-lose for God, right? So God is smart. He's all wise. Right? Omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent, all-knowing, all-wise, everywhere. God set it up real simple. God, you, you'll reap what you sow. Then he set it up even simple. Whatever you serve, you'll reap the rewards for that. He broke it down simple in the Old Testament. Choose. Choose. I said before you life and death, choose. Now, based on your choice, you really can't. You, we still blame God. But who made the choice? You did. I, I, okay, I know. I, I, I heard you. I heard somebody in their head. Well, if my parents would have, and, and I'm not going to disagree. Maybe your parents would have. But are, are you three years old? Ten? It's you on you now. Amen. It's not what the parents did. It's how you responded to it. Yes. Amen. I, oh, you saying that because you're a pastor. I, I grew up without my parents for 17 years. And I was causing craziness in my life until I heard God say, Keith, you keep blaming everybody, but it's on you now. What you're going through, you caused. Amen. See, so, so 
we can rise up beyond that and help somebody else rise up beyond that. All right, so let me just keep going huh? so we can get out of here. See, this is going over wonderful, Miss Lamar. <laughs> this is one of people's favorite sermons. <laughs> Preach! Woo! Amen. Where's all that running and shouting y'all was doing earlier? I'm saying. Uh, verse 11, it says, For God shows no partiality, undue favor or unfairness with, with him. One man is not different from another. That's verse 11. Verse 12, it says, All who have sinned without the law will also perish without or with, with regard to the law. And all who have sinned under the law will be judged and condemned by the law. For it's not merely the hearing of the law or, or reading of the law that makes one righteous before God. But it is the doers of the law who will be held guiltless and acquitted and justified. So we can claim Scripture. We can talk Scripture. We can confess Scripture. We can know Scripture. But it's not the Scripture we know. It's the Scripture we show. See, so it's not the Scripture we know. It's the Scripture we show. And so, 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 and and it's tough because when, when you're not, when you're not used to being around a kingdom diet. So when I first came into the kingdom, I couldn't deal with the music. So I would just show up for the word because the music, I just, I was in clubs all the time. So I, different beats, I mixed music. So you find like beats seven levels deep to, to blend the songs. And they was, ain't no rock, gonna shout in my place, I'm gonna sing. And I was like, I just can't feel this, man. Like. This ain't got no, I mean, I, and I'd be trying to find the beat. It was it's too slow. I was faster than the beat. So I looked real awkward, you know. Um, but, but I had to spend more time with God to pick up when God's presence is moving in worship. And so I had to shift my music to do that. All right, then, then, then the word. Man, I was like, man, they, they, you ain't finished yet? Because it was... I wasn't used to that, but I could sit in front of a, I could watch a, like when the game went into overtime, man, I was like, oh, overtime. The other night I was watching the game, it was overtime. I, I didn't go, man, this game ain't over yet. Man, overtime, really? Man, I got to be here longer. Never did that. Listen, I'm, I'm an old Marvel guy. Those movies sometimes are like three hours long, but I never sat in that movie and go, this movie ain't done yet. How come when it comes to God is the only time I feel <sighs> because I've spent more time around the world so, I'm, uh, so, so there's no, I'm comfortable with the length of time I'm around nothingness. I'm uncomfortable when it comes to being or feeding my spirit because I wasn't used to that. Like some of y'all ain't used to exercise. And you went out, when the year started, you went out for two weeks. <laughs> and and, and where, where, what month is this? May. And you still making the same claim that you was making in January. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get to that, man. I'm going to get to that, man. You know, I got to get back in shape, man. I got to get back in shape. What happened? You what? What? Why you look at me like that? You said, hush my mouth. Oh. <laughs> But, but I'm saying, but, you know, it's true. Like, you know, why? Your body is not used to the regimen of exercise. You, you're not trying to be evil. It's just it's not as comfortable as the couch and the remote. 
My wife said, and the food. Like, you don't even go, man, I, it's too much food. You're going to eat it all, right? <laughs> but exercise, ah. I, I mean, I exercise is not like I like it, but I know, I've learned this years ago, I know how the body works. It starts out as a, a discipline. Then it becomes a desire. Then it becomes a delight. It, but it starts out as a discipline, right? At first, you know, it's a press, it's a passion, you know, it's levels. But it doesn't start out like, oh, wonderful, because your body don't want to do it. Your body don't want to pray. Right. Something as simple as prayer. When they, when they said, uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to have a prayer meeting, we're going to pray for an hour. I was like, an hour? What, what, are we going, what are we going to talk about for a whole hour? And the first 10 minutes, I, remember, I didn't tell nobody this, but I went because, you know, I'm trying to grow. 10 minutes? No, not 10 minutes, probably five minutes. I was like, we got 55 more minutes. <laughs> that five minutes seemed forever. A whole five minutes of prayer? And now you want me to be here for 55 four minutes? I said, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to close my eyes like I'm praying. And I'm going to get a nap. Because I, I can't do that. But, but I can pray an hour now. I can pray an hour now and don't realize it's an hour. I can read the word now. Because when I first used to read the word, I was like, okay, I read a scripture. Cool. Got my scripture in for the day. But I can read. Uh, and and she, she told me this as she started to, to grow into the word. She says, babe, I see why you up there all the time. She said, because when you get into this thing, you could just be there all day and forget you're in the Word. But you don't start out that way. It starts out like, man, it's the Bible, the Word. You be falling asleep. Yeah. Look, it's amazing. You fall asleep in the Word, but if you go to the TV, you wide awake. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about like right after you read the Word, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm going to sleep. And you get up, you start walking around, and you're like, let me just catch this one thing on TV. And you wide awake. <laughs> but reading the Word, you fall asleep. It's a new discipline. So, so, so to start to serve righteous is going to be a stretch uh, because righteousness has been neglected. So it's not a natural appetite for us. And, 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 and we, we have safeguards against righteousness that we built in. You know, nobody's perfect. Uh, God's not finished with me yet. Well, don't judge me. All these are like alarm systems that go off when righteousness is trying to penetrate our heart. You know, or, well, I ain't trying to kill nobody. I hope you're not. I ain't trying to hurt nobody. I hope you're not. But, but you can't use that to ease not being righteous. You weren't supposed to be killing or hurting nobody. You know, or, or, I'm, or, or let's say if you stop smoking, you only drink. Well, I used to smoke. So you, we do negative things, stop the negative things, and we, we expect God to bless us for that. We the one that did the thing. So, you, so when you stop it, you're just getting on board with the life you're supposed to live. But you still now have to serve righteousness. So the cup was empty. All right? So everything that was poured in the cup was corrupting the cup. It was causing holes in the cup. It was leaking. So every time you tried to pour in blessing, the best blessing would leak right out. 
because you had so much corruption or things erode in your cup. So you come to Christ and you empty the cup. Cup is empty, new start, and you pour the same stuff back in the cup. You're going to get the same results, right? You know, when they, when they do work on, on your teeth, you know, they, 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 they scale and they do everything not to be gross, but they tell you stuff. They give you this floss. They give you uh, toothpaste, toothbrush, all type of stuff. And they, get, they be saying stuff. Some people listen, some people don't. They just go, I just want to get out of here, right? But they're saying, telling you how, how to brush your teeth and stuff like that. You know why they're telling you that? Because they're saying, I just gave you a new start. If you follow these instructions, you won't, when you come back, all we be doing is regular maintenance. We won't have to replace your teeth. I, I, I just said this. I just really learned how to properly brush my teeth probably in the last couple of years. I would go to the dentist. They said, do you, do you, how often do you brush your teeth? I said, twice a day, because that's what they tell me to do. And they, he'd be looking at me like, really? I was like, no, for real. Do you floss? Yeah, I floss. I wasn't doing that twice a day. But I was like, yeah, because I've had teeth problems, so I'm taking care of my teeth. What? She'll tell you. She's like, babe, you really disciplined with your teeth? But the guy was looking at me like, you lying. Because your symptoms doesn't show that. And I'm like, you lying, because I am. And the hygienist, just out of nowhere, she says, you know, you ever thought about getting an electric toothbrush? So I was like, well, okay, what's the big deal? But she explained, it'll help keep that plaque off. Then she said, when you brush your teeth, don't rinse. She said, because when you brush your teeth, what you... What you put in is why at night it's fighting the bacteria. I said, man, ain't nobody told me that. I've, I've been in, de listen, dentists know me. They see me coming. They go, Keith, oh, we're going to make some money today, <laughs> right? And so no one told me that. Either that or I wasn't listening. So I'm telling you, there's been plaque on our lives. And it's been eroding what's important for us. And so God brought us into the kingdom to clean up some stuff, right? But guess what? We're going to have to brush daily. <laughs> right? So we don't have to deal with any uh, decay anymore. All right, stand on your feet. That's all for today. <laughs>